0: Welcome everybody out to another episode of the Are We Where Yet podcast. I am your host, Johnny. There's a camera right there. And we got two gentlemen in the in the building. I'm going to introduce you first, Justin.
1: Hi, I'm a gentleman.
0: Uh, yeah, you are? Well, you just call me one, so you can't take it back. Yeah, you're a gentleman. We got uh, Justin, but the show's not about Justin today. It's about my man that's sitting across from me, Caesar D.
2: Oh, thank you. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you for the here.
0: Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I have a hard time with the name. I got it right once. But Delgadillo. Delgadillo. Yeah. There you go, man. Okay. You go. That's cool. That That's an interesting last name. Yeah. Not, not I, too common. Not too sure. common. Like no. Delgado is, is common, yeah, that's, right? Yeah, that's a lot more common.
2: For but sure. uh,
0: Delgadillo, where is that from?
2: So, Spain at a rate. That's like, Mexico obviously is where we're from and our whole family and generations you know, uh-huh. from centuries
0: back. Get a little bit closer to the mic. Or, yeah, or for, uh,
2: I looked up, you know, there was a time where uh, I guess Spain made, like, a public announcement. Like, if your last name is on the list, you can get, like, citizenship there and all that. Okay. So, our name was on the list. So, I'm like, cool, Spaniard, whatever. He's <laughs> yeah. a
1: conquistador.
2: Yeah, we all got, you know, through, through the history, we know, like, uh, Mexicans are basically uh, a mix of Europeans and indigenous people, so... Got a little more indigenous in me, I think, than the European side. So it,
0: like, uh, the, I know the common trait with that is blue eyes. So do you have, like, family it, with blue eyes? Yeah,
2: in my, in my family, yeah. There's You got some light skin, light eyes, uh, mm. individuals, green eyes, blue eyes. And then you got some darker skin, you know, darker eyes. I mean, you get a little bit of, of everything when you're Mexican.
0: So so um, this, this story is about your journey, but I'm going to first introduce kind of what you're doing now. And what you got going on now, at least what I, I know you for is the um, yes, yeah, which is the Yuma Entrepreneur Show, correct? Right, right, yeah. right. That and so that's something that that's kind of your platform, but the show is kind of multi layered, you're doing more than just a typical podcast
2: yes so we're, we're combining it with live events you know because I think uh, even though we're moving more and more into a digital world it can't be a hundred percent digital because then you lose the the connection the touch right of meeting people belly to belly face to face and having that synergy so we thought it was important to also combine some live events with our uh, social media
0: platform that we have going on so the the podcast is only available on social media
2: uh, no, so it, right now uh, we we have it on Anchor. Uh, okay. But, you know, we are basically beginners in that area, right? I, I've been a part of different podcasts before, but to actually run our own and everything like that. There's a lot of work, and you guys understand that because oh, you're yeah. doing it and to be consistent. And plus, we all got our, our careers and our jobs and everything that we do outside of that. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to... to take advantage of the all the platforms that you that technology has to offer but i'm definitely here to learn more from you guys and whatever you guys can contribute to that if you feel it's a good message uh you know piggyback off of what you guys are doing as well
0: you know so. for sure for sure and that that's kind of one of the things i saw you at one of your events um this past thursday right right this last thursday and uh we got to talking a little bit and i i, I was digging what you guys are doing yeah. Thanks. You know, I, I, I kind of I didn't do the, the 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 little games or the little yeah. activities. I hid. But I saw Luis over <laughs> here, they, yeah. uh, over there doing doing the games and uh, you know activities. It's I just try.
2: fun, especially when you do it with people you never met before, you uh-huh. know, and you don't really know what to expect. All of a sudden, you're in a competition with a, a stranger, and you guys got to work as a team and make it happen. And it relates into business and life in general. You know, you, you don't know what life or business throws your way, and sometimes you got to deal with certain people and and multitask and figure things out and, and do it with somebody that
0: you don't you don't really you just met, you know. So it, it really brings Breaks the ice to the whole I, network. I, to- I totally get it. I, to- no. I totally understand. It. So. Still don't like it, but I, <laughs> no, seriously. I, but I I, I, I just something I need, I need to get over myself. Yeah, yeah. You that's know what I mean. Go out there and, and mingle a little bit. But uh, so that's sure. where you're at now. But this show's about your journey, and uh, me and you have crossed paths quite a few times in the uh, throughout uh, your journey and right. my journey. And um, are you originally from Yuma? So I'm um, originally from Los Angeles.
2: That's where I was born in okay. East L.A. I uh, was there until about third or fourth grade. Then we moved to Northern California in the Salinas area, Watsonville, California, and, and that side of the state. And then we came when I was a, I was about uh, halfway through freshman year. It was Thanksgiving in 1999. of 1999. When? Thanksgiving, uh, uh, when we moved from... California to Yuma. Oh, okay. It was Thanksgiving Day, and we had KFC on the road. Like true story.
0: (laughs) And and, uh, uh, wow, so that was kind of like okay, we're gonna get some chicken. We don't got some turkey, but yeah, my
2: dad was my dad's always like the type that that puts a positive spin in everything. And and for some reason, he picked that day to move, and he's like, "Dang, it's Thanksgiving on the road. I didn't really think about this. Yeah, (laughs) that wasn't in his planning." And he's like, "But hey, what the hell? We're gonna have Thanksgiving." We're like, "Uh, "Cool. Where?" kfc <laughs>
0: let's make it happen so but he made it happen yeah he
2: made it happy and we were happy
0: kids and you know i have no no zero complaints so you you grew up in la that was uh your childhood and i think you, you were telling me you played football yeah is,
2: is, is that where you played football so my my uh original sport was baseball because my dad loves baseball so i had a bat before i was born and i have pictures when i was two years old and i'm hitting a ball and all that And so that was my dad's and my family's like main thing. I didn't really get into football until I was older and I needed to release some of the stress from being a kid. And, you know, you want to punch people, but you can't because you'll get suspended. So football was a great alternative. I said I can hit people and not get in trouble. And then I got pretty good at that. You know, I had I was always a big kid. So hitting people was kind of like fun for me it uh-huh. wasn't like oh football scary it was like oh, i can't yeah, wait yeah, to yeah, get on yeah. the football field right so i did pretty good i was uh, i would hate to call it because you know sometimes people when you say that it sounds like okay whatever <laughs> you know but it was it was almost like a natural sport for me at the time to the level of competition right because mm-hmm. it's not like i was at the best schools if i would have been at a you know a high school that for example in in phoenix hamilton versus cebola i would have had to work a lot harder to get A starting position in Hamilton versus a starting position in Cibola, Mm -hmm. right? So I remember my senior year, man. I don't think I practiced one day. I was I was like too tired to practice, and or uh, had little injuries, and I just showed up on Friday and played and did fairly well. I wouldn't have been able to get away with that at like you know higher schools, Desert Vista, more competition, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a blessing and a curse in the same in the same token right because uh it would have pushed me to work that much harder because i think i had talent that might could have got me a little bit further but since um the level of competition around didn't really raise the bar i remember it coming down didn't demand that of you it, exactly i came down from california man the guys were literally afraid to hit it's like dude there is, with the exception of two or three guys on the team everyone else was afraid like literally like they didn't want to hit they didn't want the contact and so, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't I don't even have to hit the weight room. They're already afraid, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it kind of hindered me in a sense, but but yeah, football so you, came later definitely.
0: So so uh, you're raised with a bat. So your family kind of had dreams and hopes for you from the jump.
2: Yeah, yeah, my dad basically just I didn't know anything else outside of baseball until I was like 12 like literally all my life was baseball baseball i thought everybody played it i thought everybody watched it i didn't know there was any other sports that anyone else cared about it was just always baseball cleats glove and a bat And it was a big deal. You know, it was serious. If I lost, it was a serious conversation. If I didn't do well, it was a serious conversation. So he he
0: was grooming you to be a baseball player. Yeah, pretty
2: much. Pretty much. He sent me to a great camp out in Northern California when I was about 12 and got to meet professional players and got to, you know, experience that and met some kids of professional players. And I was like one or man, if I'm not mistaken, I might have been the only Hispanic kid there. Everybody else, you know some sort of other, you know, either white or black, and, and they had ties into other professional players because it wasn't a, a cheap camp. It was expensive. It was thousands of dollars. And so I remember my dad put basically all he had in savings just to send me to that camp,
0: you know. Oh, wow. So, so he, he was serious about he this. He took man. it serious. Big time. You're not a baseball player today, though. No,
2: I'm not. I'm not. And, and um, I played all three sports in high school. Well, there's more than three sports, but all, all, like, all the sports I wanted to play, basketball, baseball, and football and uh i even though it was fun basketball had his own fun football and baseball it, they are all different uh, if i can go back and do it all over i wish i could have had like the i, I would have picked and just stuck with one and be great at that mm-hmm. but i was just good at all of them type of deal you know so just being good isn't good enough so that's why you know certain the baseball players played baseball like year round. Basketball players dribble year round. Football players are either in the field or in the weight room, and if you're jumping around from sport to sport to sport, so if any younger people are in that, because uh, if you're that talented, you're like I could play anything. That's great, but you're not going to master. Even Bo Jackson, like you know, he played two sports, but then
0: he got hurt. You know, because it's just too much. Yeah, it was it was it was too much for him. But you, but you were somebody that takes on the challenge because three sports. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, that way was the three sports kind of you were looking for where you belong or I just love team activity. I love winning like the opportunity of competing every day. Like if I can
2: compete at something every day, like that's what I get fired up for.
0: Is that know? something you think that you learned because your dad groomed you for baseball? Yeah, my, so it was about competing. My dad is he very competitive. Yeah, he didn't like for you to lose. Right. Yeah. So losing wasn't uh, an option. So then now you're in high school you you got three teams to beat people at yeah right yeah and, 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 <laughs> it's like
2: and, and, uh, you know i like i said it was a great experience all the way around but man if i would have said what if i would have just focused on baseball what if i would have just focused on football if i would have picked right but it was just every year i was like okay i'm gonna pick one because i want to become great at that but then i couldn't let go of the other sports and i just played everything all the time so uh, looking back is like you know what i'm grateful for the experiences that i got but what could I have done different? Maybe picked one and gone further in that. How far? Who knows? But you know, definitely further than what I did. A L- little
0: bit of little bit of regret or no? No, I, I mean regret.
2: I think it's a word that that could only be used if like you would rather die than gone through that. You know, so I don't regret anything. But I I look at the positive side of it. What did I learn about it? What could I have done different? You know, but definitely not regret
0: or regret. Because so, those are your formidable years, and so you were able to take a lot of those principles and and, and the, the basic and the foundation of what you learned to apply later in life.
2: Absolutely, yeah, because the groups of people that I met through basketball, it was a whole different demographics, my basketball crew, the people that I can still relate to today. I've gotten clients, recent clients, from some of my basketball teammates' fathers. Uh, I've still talked to some of the old baseball players that i played with in a whole different dem- demographics there uh, same thing with folks so you know it, it's something that's uh whenever I, I run into people there's memories from all the different sports you know so it's it's something that like i said i don't regret but yeah for anybody that's in that position right now saying they're a multi uh they, they pre- participate in multi-sports I would say, man, if you can really pick one and pick just one zone
0: in on that. So if you could tell, um, high school, you right now today, maybe pick one and zone in and, and see where that leads you. Yeah. No regrets, but it's still, that would be some good advice to give high school. You like, Hey, let's, let's zone in a little right. bit more and not try to stomp everybody on every court.
2: Right. High school me with, or now I would tell my high school me, I would say, you know what, you're six, one, six, two, whatever I was at the time. Uh, You're not going to go to the NBA, dude. You're probably not going to go play far. (laughs) Like, let's just look at the realistics unless you're like an extremely, you know, you got crazy handles and you're a point guard. Uh, basketball's probably not for you that should have been off the board. and I tried but you know the the coach was really good at like getting me back in there because he liked me because I was a hard-nosed player mm-hmm. I was the f- football guy on his basketball court
0: gotcha so he did a
2: really good job of recruiting me he and didn't w- he didn't want to lose and you. they traveled a lot like they went to Wyoming and to me it was like cool I've never like gone anywhere else besides the west coast so let's you guys are gonna go to Wyoming for a Christmas tournament I'm in <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so part of that was just the fun and the experience you know so but definitely I would at least uh, not done basketball, done football in the first part of the year, baseball at the end of the year, and in between have
0: that transition. That would have probably worked out a lot better than trying to do all three. So so, so post high school, so what, what happens? You don't pick a sport. Mm-hmm. There's not one that you kind of mastered. You were jack of all trades. Yeah. What would you get into post high school? So
2: I did go to AWC, and I walked onto uh, the team. And I was only there for a year and a half because halfway through the second season I was like, dude, I'm done. I gotta I gotta make money. Like I don't money. I don't have I don't have anybody that's like taking care of me. My parents my dad had a successful business like up to that point. And then at that point he basically had to like you know, let go of his business and he had to go back to the job force. So he didn't have an opportunity for me or, or like really he couldn't say, Hey, here you go, here's here's five hundred bucks a month so you can eat and take care of yourself. It was kinda like You know, whatever financial aid or whatever support I can get from the football team, that's all I had. Uh, The cafeteria food was all I had, and and the dorm was all I had. And I got tired of that. I said, you know what, Um, it wasn't, and and all these guys that come to AWC, they come from everywhere else. So there was only a, a handful of local guys on the team, and I felt out of place, really. I felt like, you know what, everybody's, like, they're just here to, you know, do a year or two and get out. And I got to figure out what I got to do with my life. So so. you had
0: some different concerns than everybody else on the field.
2: Yeah. Yeah. a lot of these guys, they were really talented, but they had issues with their grades or maybe they got into some legal issues. So they were very like arrogant, like, I'm good. I'm going to go to a high elite school. You know, I'm just uh, a D1 or whatever. This is
0: a pit pit stop.
2: Yeah, because of whatever issues they had currently so you know they had different plans a lot of them there nobody was talking business and anything like and and my mind was already in like dude i gotta start making money i gotta figure a way to you know generate my own income i know i don't want to work for anybody because my dad was a good example of that like it was a lot funner when i saw my dad run his own business versus having to work for a company um my godfather in my early years he was a A good example of run the reason we were out in the salinas area is because he was a farmer there so he was the first one that really gave me that vision of like bro you can build your own empire your own business you don't have to work for somebody Mm -hmm. so and that i learned that at a young age from my godfather and then my dad transitioned into being a businessman so those were two great role models that early on basically suggested to me like dude you can run your own business
0: So you saw your father carry that weight, that load of being an entrepreneur, having his own business. And so when life starts to hit, it's like, okay, no, I want this. Yeah. This is something that I've seen modeled in my life. Something that I'm familiar with. I'd rather have this.
2: Yeah. So I already wanted to run my own business, but I didn't have my own business to run. And I went and got a job at Coca-Cola just because I said, you know what? I need I need something while I'm in school and while I figure it out. Yeah, you need to eat. Yeah, man. So I need to eat. So I started uh, being a merchandiser, stocking up those uh, shelves with with uh, you know twelve packs and thirty packs and the two liters and all that, and making sure the store looks good. And and you know I did that at the fries at the Walmart on B. I did it, you know, Walmart on Pacific, San Luis. I was all over the place uh, merchandising, and it was good. I liked it. I actually liked it a lot. I had fun doing it And uh, I was good at it I was fast Like I would time myself
0: I, It was like a challenge I was in So, so you kind of cr- created Your own sport
2: Yeah yeah I, er- I turn everything Into sport, a sport right? Everything's a sport to me So Life is a sport
0: Life's a sport <laughs> So so Coca-Cola now Merchandising's a sport Yep You got your stopwatch You're filling out Like okay How long is it going to Take me to get From Summerton to San Luis Back to Yuma and
2: Yeah yeah everything And how quickly Can I get it done And how can I be The quickest merchandiser On, on the squad and, and how can I get my leadership to look at me and say man that that guy works hard and so i i learned that from my dad as well you know like there's no job too big or too small because a merchandiser is basically the the bottom of the bottom at coca-cola but i felt prideful because i was 18 and i got to work with this big name company right off after, you know, high school during college years and all that. So I, w- I took pride for that job. You know, I didn't, I didn't like, oh, they're only paying me minimum wage. I'm only going to put in minimum wage effort. I, I feel like I, I'm putting maximum wage effort, and I was just happy to have an opportunity. And, again, I learned that from my dad. My, I saw my dad work for a butcher uh, back when we lived in California, in, in Northern California. Uh, his job wasn't to clean the place. That was somebody else's job. But I, I mean, certain things like there's certain things that butchers clean, but then there's certain things that there's less like janitorial stuff. My dad would literally like mop the place. And then when they come in, it's like, man, who mopped? Oh, well, Rolando, my dad. Right. And then he says, I just want to I want to know that when people walk in, it's like, who who was the last guy that left? Oh, that no wonder. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like when you build that repetition, that's how you're going to get opportunities in life. But if you're always. Putting in the effort to the level of pay, you're never going to get new opportunities for higher pay for, you know, opportunities where someone can share an idea that you can elaborate on. Uh, You're just you're just going to be like everyone else. You know, you put in what you get out.
0: So. so, so what what business did your dad have so he could be clear? So a distribution
2: company. He would bring uh, Mexican products like tortillas, chips, all the good stuff, man. Like you know, the, all the stuff you eat in a Super Bowl with guacamole and you got the why chips. Why you got to make me that. hungry right now? Good. <laughs> so that's what we did, and yeah, that's yeah. why I gained weight, man, working with him because he had all the good stuff. So he did that for over ten years, and I, I helped out a lot. And you know, there was candies and other things that. Um, happen with that whole company later, but the main thing was the tortillas and the and it was a tough job, especially in the middle of the summer and a truck full you remember those truck full yeah. of, of uh you know products and everything that we would uh go distribute store to store and it was it was a lot of it was, it was labor intensive, yeah You guys man.
1: would go like El Centro Yeah, El I mean, imagine
2: leaving four or five in the morning to El Centro, doing a route in Calexico, Brawley, all that area, finishing at eight, nine out there, and it's nine ten here when the, with the time change, and then you drive, and your girlfriend is still waiting for you to go see her. So I, I had to quit that job after a while. I think I went with
1: you like one time, and I like was asleep in the car on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah.
2: and that's what my dad did every day. You know, and so I'm like, I don't want to do this. And my, my uh, uh, mother-in-law would make fun of me because when, by the time I got to my girlfriend's house on the weekends, cause we would work Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays were the only days off. So while all the younger kids were like getting ready to go out, I, I was like ready to crash out by, you know, by the time I got to her house by 10 or 11 PM. And then we'll watch a movie and I would fall like asleep in like the first 30 minutes so they were like, "What's up with your boyfriend? Like he comes here and falls asleep, and like I'm literally like crashed out in their couch." Yeah, know, because
0: so. you put in some work. Yeah, exactly. Some, some real, real work. And uh, so you, your dad had this business. He modeled this for you. So you knew, and and at at uh, AWC, the college, I have options. Mm-hmm. I got options. I'm gonna go take this job at Coke. And yeah, so what? Minimum wage. Uh, this isn't the this isn't the end for me. This is just the beginning exactly.
2: Yeah, that was just the beginning that got me on my way, that got me into a routine to have some responsibility and create my own opportunities cuz once you work that hard and let's face it, it's not like those checks, you know, are are very large or anything like that especially back then. And I just started to think what what can I do to generate more? Where can I invest my time where I can get more out of it? So I started researching insurance and through learning more about insurance going through a few different meetings about uh getting my insurance license i actually met somebody through uh, network marketing and that's where i really took off where i said okay i'm a businessman
0: i'm gonna do my own thing oh i'm a businessman yeah yeah that's what that that
2: guy uh james williams is the guy that introduced me to uh well it wasn't the guy introduced me to network marketing but he introduced me to a company back then it was called prepaid legal And so I did prepaid legal hard, man, for like two, three years. And for somebody that was 19, 20, 21 years old during that time, um, my best months were like $7,000 a month back then. And so that gave me the confidence that gave me like to say, I don't have to go out and and find a job. I can create my own job, create my own opportunities.
0: Yeah. And I think that's when we first intersected through a mutual friend. uh, I think it was Walter. Yeah. Walter Gonzalez is the first one that kind of, he's like, Hey, I got this boy. He's making some good money. we got to meet up. And uh, to me, that stuff was like Greek though. Yeah. Like I was like, I I don't understand this. Like you're, you're trying to multi-level marketing Mm -hmm. in a sense, right? That's kind of what it was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the platform to grow your business is multi-level marketing. Uh, there's, there's people that don't really participate on the multi-level. They do more like uh, employee benefits or small business and, and they just stick to like an insurance agent, so to speak mm-hmm. but for me coming from the team and sports background i wanted to grow a team i wanted to be an executive i wanted to wh- where are the levels to achieve you know i wanted to i wanted it all so you're like where's the ladder
0: how do i how climb? do i climb
2: it how quickly can i get there what's the record to be broken like that's how i came in and and i did well early on with that company
0: see then i'm the sucker trying to be a hip hop star back then and uh, you're over here making 7000 a month and and i'm looking like what is this what is he talking about walter <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but uh, you're you're doing it but that was still a stepping stone
2: yeah that definitely was a stepping stone and then it was uh a, this is where the story gets uh really where the lessons are learned is because see i was 21 20 year 22 years old i got to a level of executive director which in the whole state of Arizona, there was only like 20, 25. Most of them were 30 to 50 years old. I was like 21, 22. So I really felt like I I arrived. I felt like, man, it's only a matter of time I like become a millionaire or something, right? Like I was feeling good. And then there was uh, 2007, 2008. We had the whole, you know, situation with the economy and, and you started hearing it on the news and CNN and all this is happening, but I'm too ignorant to like, think this is going to even affect me so i just keep instead of like you know trying to figure out how to work through it i just ignored it
0: like it wasn't happening so there's like warning signs going on around
2: you people but are talking about it and all that and i'm just like zoned out like i'm just okay well that's gonna affect you guys i'm gonna keep growing my business right this is not gonna affect me i don't
0: know what you're talking about <laughs> exactly. I'm, I, I'm making this many you know yeah I'm, yeah yeah
2: so then uh instead of once I started hitting those b- bigger months where I was you know cuz I was making 1500 to I don't know maybe 1800 on a good month at Coca-Cola so once I started doing 6, 7000 in in prepaid legal at the time, I'm like, dude, I'm making it happen. I'm ready to move up to the big leagues. I'm going to start making 10,000 and 20,000 and 30,000 and whatever. I'm just going to keep growing from here, right? So I went and out and started buying these expensive suits cuz I saw all these executives had these nice suits. I went and got the expensive car because everyone else had the Mercedes and the BMW. What, what year is this
0: that you dude, got the this, car?
2: when this was like around 2000 Six two 2007
0: so right before the crash
2: yeah got i got the a mercedes car. and i was like cool like I, I made it you know i would i remember man when i moved to phoenix i was driving the car and you know those buildings with the shine like the like mirror windows yeah yeah I, I don't i don't know how many times i almost crashed because i would just look at myself <laughs> dude like Feeling myself because I felt like I made it. I'm in the big city. I got a luxury apartment. Wow, I had, you know, we moved into a luxury apartment. My a partner of mine, him and I, uh, we moved in there. He was a director in my organization. I was an executive, and so we're like, where are we gonna move, dude? Let's get a place. Let's get something that's nice, and dude, to have the whole nine the the theater and the lobby, like, and we were the only Damn. ones that used the theater because everyone else had real jobs and they would leave we would hang out the whole time there and just invite people to watch our videos and that's how they would sign up and we would give them popcorn and Cappuccinos that were free from the you know from the you, you
0: ever get this treatment, Justin? <laughs> were you guys boys around that time or no? No, I met Justin after that, man. Oh, I okay. met
2: Justin when I was on the rebound.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So two thousand seven, two thousand six, you got this nice car. You get you got the popcorn popping off. You got yeah. the the cappuccinos and the pool parties. The pool dude. Pa- Oh, the pool parties. The volleyballs. You uh, missed the pool you know. parties, Justin.
1: I was in Africa, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, he was okay. in Africa back then. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, so then uh, the the warning signs they're they're around, but you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm I'm making it, I'm yeah. living it. I see myself in the reflection going down the highway. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I I was once I was making uh, you know that kind of money, my expenses also went up to five six thousand dollars a month with rent with uh, maintaining that type of vehicle. All this, you know, you when you raise your income it's it that's good but if your expenses also go up it's like you're it's not about how much you make it's how much you keep right but at that time in my head i'm like i'm just gonna keep making more so i'm just gonna doubling down who, who cares what's another hundred bucks here another thousand bucks there i'm gonna make more right and so yeah taxes man taxes got to me i remember one year i was like i don't know maybe 15k into taxes 20k i don't know what i owed and I had like $2,000 in my bank account. I was like, what the, what the hell did I do, you know? And so, Because that's part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's part of being yeah. an entrepreneur. If you don't have the, the education and the mentorship and, and people that are around you, because the problem is not that I didn't have it. It's just I kind of just took off and didn't ask anybody anything. And I just act like I had it all figured out. And so the mentorship was there. I could I could have easily talked to people and they would have gave me advice. But this was like before the Gary V era, the Grant Cardone era, the you know Ty Lopez era. Like there was there wasn't anybody just giving out information like that. You you had to know people. They had you had to be in their circle to really get to know some of their their strategies and and the ways they go about their business. So when when the whole uh, collapse happened. Yeah, let's get to man, 2008. 2008, and things start collapsing, literally, right? And and also, Joe Arpaio around the time was circling up Mexicans like no one else's business, dude. You were at a red light, and then all of a sudden, it's blocked off, and they're asking for people for papers, and then they're scooping people up. A large portion of my team, which I didn't know at the time because it's, you're, you're in multi-level marketing. You don't even know who signs up on your team. There was a lot of people on my team that were not uh, documented uh, people here in the
0: states so that wasn't like a, a typical procedure to go check check their, their records no no because
2: all it is you needed a, a an itn number and anybody can get that you didn't need a social security number right gotcha so people would sign up at the time they probably changed that now and they're you know we've changed our policy since then uh, they probably probably would clear that up but i don't know what the company does now but at that point Time because my, uh, my team grew bigger in phoenix uh i had a t- there was a point where we had about 700 associates plus and out of phoenix it was like 500 and so that's why i moved to phoenix but then when that whole thing happened i had out of those 700 there was about 100 plus that were active and out of those that were active a good 50 or 60 percent of that was uh Hispanic from our Hispanic meeting. We had a meeting just where our Hispanic people would go, and most of those people were undocumented.
0: Wow. And
2: a lot of them went back home, you know, went back to their native country. A lot of them uh, just figured they had to do something else, I guess. I I don't know. But that and the economy happened right around the same time. So that,
0: that was like a perfect storm for you.
2: Yeah, so I went from, you know, being at a level where i'm bringing in six seven thousand dollars a month to boom you're back at like fifteen hundred two thousand and your expenses now are five thousand and yeah you can't live there anymore you can't drive that anymore you can't buy that type of clothes anymore and then to make matters worse i gained weight so then i couldn't fit in my nice clothes anymore because I was like a 34 back then when I was killing it and younger, you know, wearing like size 34 waist. Dude, I, I went up to like 38 and it's like, damn.
0: You, you gained weight because you were making that. Well, because
2: uh, you, you started eating garbage, dude. I started eating out of the dollar menu after that. You know, when you only got $1,500 to live and your rent is freaking 800 even if you moved out of the luxury apartment because at this point we had to go somewhere else. And uh, dude, we hot and spicy. And uh, two for one cheeseburgers, bro, like that was like all day, at least once a day. After three months, boom, that's 20, 30 pounds later. And you're like, what the hell? Like, you know, nothing's working out for me right now. Like the the money stopped coming in. Uh, I don't look the way I used to look. None of my clothes fit. I drive this beat up car now when I had a Mercedes. So it was it was a moment where I was like it was humbling. You know, it was definitely humbling. Um, And it was also a good lesson. Because, you know, even though eh, you, I still have the tendency to like to buy myself nice things and my wife and my daughters, but we always do it, you know, with the, with the plan, you know, that we don't just do things just off of like, oh, I want that. Let's get it. So that's,
0: that's now, that's something you learn now, but like, let's go back to 2008 when this perfect storm hits and your expenses are what you're saying, like 5,000 or something you said. Yeah. At least, at At least least 5,000 a month. And, and my accounting
2: was pretty bad, so it was probably even worse than that. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, yeah. So you, you got, uh, got 5000 in expenses. You're making what now? What did you drop down to? Like $1,500. $1,500. Yep. You lose the car. You lose the house. Mm-hmm. You're fat, mm-hmm. right? What do you do? I call my
2: dad, and I asked him for advice. I'm like, what do you think I should do? Our business is not where it, it was just a few months ago. Um, I don't know whether I should stay here in Phoenix and get a job. And he said, come down to Yuma and help me with our business, with our family business. It's just, let's push that. So came back down to Yuma. Imagine from being in uh, the Mercedes with the suits in your own, uh, luxury apartment, having friends over and being like, wow, man, this is your place. That's your car. Wow. I want your life to having to say, so dad, which, which of these rooms is going to be mine now? Wow. And have to wear like my old clothes because the new one that I like, the nice clothes wouldn't fit. So then I had to just wear whatever shorts and t-shirts for a while.
0: You went from suits to shorts, t-shirts. Yep. You got, you, you, you got your pick of the room, but it's like, okay, you're going to be back in this room. So you're back with your parents and your dad said, let's go.
2: From running conference calls and, uh, you know, running a presentation in front of a room full of people and strangers I've never met before, to going back to my neighborhood and li- living in my parents' house for
0: uh, maybe a, a year, year and a half. Wow. And that's, is, is it the uh, 2008? Is that still? or it was like 2008. Uh yeah, maybe that was
2: already like 2010 cuz
0: I was like, you know, that was after Okay, so wh- it just yeah. like it, it started to trickle down. Yeah, it, it wasn't like It wasn't ima- automatic. It was something no, over I tra- a course I tried to keep
2: it alive, but it just it just was overbearing after a while. So So, so you're you're back. back,
0: you're sitting in a room. What do you do? Like what are your thoughts? How, you, how are you going to collect yourself? Well, number one,
2: uh, I've never stopped dreaming every day of my life I've always dreamed of something like something bigger than what I'm currently doing so I think part of what kept me through those tougher times I've I've never entered into depression in my life thank God I've never had an experience with that e- even all that hitting you didn't- e- even with that hitting me because I've met people that are depressed I've never been depressed I was like it was just kind of like my story just got more interesting you know it wasn't I knew that one day I would be sharing my story to tell you how it got
0: better. So you were you were already <laughs> you're already here. Yeah. In this room. You're in, already here in, in, in my this head, room in your mind. In my head I've always
2: I've always been up here. Yeah. The battle the reality and, and the, the moments are not always there. It don't always match what we have in our head. But in my mind is always I always try to keep myself razor sharp with with that mentality of I'm gonna I'm gonna conquer eventually what I wanna conquer. So you're working with your pops, but what's step one back to you? So, so what got me really motivated is that it's a business. It's my dad's business. Now I get a chance to put in my, now with experience, I get to put in my two cents because when I was younger, it was just, I had to do whatever my dad would tell me to do. Now that I got some experience, I actually started putting in a lot of input. Uh, in my dad's business so that that motivated me because i didn't just feel like a scrub that's along for the ride i closed some deals i remember we got into the chevrons and circle k's and i'm the one that actually talked to the decision maker so that's what really got me in my way into sales because it gave me the confidence if i can talk to these circle k people these chevron people and we can get our products in their stores i can sell anything to anybody that's the That's initially where i got that sales confident beyond like like the network marketing side of it. Cause network marketing was like, I know I can talk to individuals one-on-one share an idea and, and get them to come on board, which is nice. But then when you go up to like decision makers, corporations that they're not easy to sell, man, they're not easy to even give you the time of day. So that gave me a whole nother level of confidence to say, okay, I I, I've done my, my network marketing thing, but now I feel like I can, I'm a legit salesperson.
0: For you, it's like another sport yeah just for another sport for you to go out there and get on the field and like okay this uh, the objective is a little bit different yes you know this is a different you know a, a different ball a different team but i'm gonna take this ball and i'm gonna score
2: exactly so one the the crazy thing about that game though when we scored on the on the distribution the the more accounts we got into the more workload existed and we didn't really know how to scale and when we attempted to scale and we brought people on board they ended up not working out for us. The people that my, my dad um, onboarded to work with the team ended up eventually, I don't want to, you know, get into any like negative or throw anybody under the bus, but they were not the right fit and they actually hurt the company big time. It hurt the company so much and it hurt my dad's uh, morale so much that he eventually said, you know what, screw it. I I, I don't want none of this. Uh, he actually left the whole entire route to my uncle who ha- has been doing it since My uncle has paid off his house with it. My uncle still runs that business to this day that he just basically piggybacked off of my, because he used to work for my dad and he was great with my dad. He wasn't the problem. It was a few other people he brought on board. And so my dad's like, dude, I don't want it. Take it. And my uncle still runs it, dude. So it's still a successful business to this day, but my uncle runs it.
0: Right. and then your dad went back to working for somebody else
2: yeah my, d- my dad's done different things uh, throughout the year since then and now we actually had a conversation a couple of days ago and, and we're just planning to bring it all in like you know I, I think I've reached a certain level and, and I can influence certain things where I can now provide my dad with opportunities so yeah my dad's looking to you know collaborate with me a lot more now because now it's like I got the torch uh, you know and it's my turn to make sure that you know everything's where it needs to be and you're and you guys are taken care of
0: okay so so the sales thing you're learning the sales game you, you sold you're getting your stuff into chevron so that's making you feel good it's getting your blood going like okay i could do this yeah i could do this w- again basically because you you you, you were successful comeback. a comeback <laughs> yeah yeah you're starting to get that smell right like okay mm-hmm. th- I, it's coming I, I i know it's coming yeah. so w- what would you get into post your dad's business so, this Mr. whole time... Mr. Mango. <laughs> is, that, is this, is this, where, we, is this yeah. where we get the Mr. Mango? And, and so, I don't know.
2: So, we have a distribution company, right? We have all these candies. We deliver to Mr. Mango. We deliver to the restaurant next door, which is... Uh, so, you're
0: already delivering to Mr. Mango. Yeah, you That's know... That's
2: right. Uh, yeah. So, and we would deliver to what what now is uh, El Duron, El Sarape. So, we would deliver tortillas to, to that restaurant. And through the graveyard...
0: Back when it was just El, El Zarape. El Zarape, right? Zarape
2: back then, yeah. Yeah. Back before. And then we hear that they want to sell the, the company, the business. And so I don't have money, enough money to be able to do it by myself. So I brought a partner that I knew from that was in my team with Prepaid Legal from that back then. So I brought him on board and we partnered up. I basically had the connection of the products to and. connection the relationship with the owner and so we we made a deal so what it it was pretty much like a lease it wasn't like we bought the building we bought the rights to work with them and you know we we basically could have up to last year you know my friend still ran ran that business up to last year and so he ended the the lease and, and so I have zero ties with it now mm-hmm. but at that time it was a good two two and a half years and I was at the front you know Justin would see me I was I, I know I, maybe I don't remember how to make absolutely everything in that place but I, I there was a time where any anything in the Mr. Mango menu I can make it
0: yeah, and I think uh, that's when we intersected again because I, I saw you and you were talking about buying the place. Yeah. That was like something that you were talking about, and I'm like, that's the prepaid legal dude. And then, you know, yeah. now he's talking about buying Mr. Mango, like how this happen, what's going on. And uh, just for our listeners, because we do got listeners all over um, the globe, tell them what Mr. Mango's is and what you did.
2: So it's uh, ba- basically a Mexican snack shop, right? You have your, your uh, raspados, which is uh, like a... Well the spicier stuff is the most popular stuff, right? Here around this area. You're making me hungry again. Like the entomidos. Mm. The entomidos, the Mr. Mango with the mango and the chamoy and all that. Uh really bad for you by the way like it's a lot of sugar man but let's 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 tell it like it is like but whenever you want a just a good snack when you're like screw it it's my cheat date or whatever you know that's the type of snack you you want to have right because it also comes with a lot of fruit and stuff so it's like all right at least you got the balance you got some fruit in there you got some fruit and then it's refreshing and all that but it's like shaved ice you know with the mexican style uh syrups and a lot of them uh, were made like from scratch. It's not like you just buy the bucket from Sam's Club or whatever. And then you just pour it in like that stuff's garbage. That's garbage. But like we would make the stuff from scratch. Uh, and, and dude, it's, it's delicious. What can I say? Yeah, well, it was some there's good.
1: like a bunch of those spots. Yeah, but yeah, Mr. there's Mango a lot. Yeah,
2: Mr. Mangos, there was a point it was definitely the most popular spot. And then uh, Pinguinos, you got uh, Michoacana now, Lighthouse, um, and a few others so yeah it's definitely competitive market still to this day
0: yeah but that that was like 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 justin said that was the spot mr mango that's where everybody wanted to go and so you own that you did pretty good
2: yeah yeah we did good uh the craziest thing there was not even the the traffic or the money that it was bringing in it was the relationship with my partner you know and i think justin saw a little bit about that we didn't really he was a lot older than me uh, at least 10 12 years older uh he grew up in mexico it's just a whole nother culture like it, we, we would clash a lot different uh uh this i don't even i mean there were arguments but it was mainly like constant like disagreements with like the way we would run things and uh how to go about it so it was just it got to a point where i i i was already eyeing something else and i just said dude Go for it. Keep running it. I'd rather just leave friends than end up having some issues over this. So let's let's just you you keep handling it. I find another lane, and
0: we can be friends. And and you had that confidence. You had that confidence that you could find another lane.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because really, Mr. Mango wasn't even my lane. That was just kind of like that was just kind of like my. You know, I got there because it was it kind of fell in my lap. It wasn't my thing. You know, my thing was sales outdoor sales and and uh you know writing up contracts and and selling deals right so being at mr Mangles was just like completely out of my lane so that after a year and a half of that i was like i want to go back to my lane right so that's why i didn't have a problem leaving it because it wasn't my lane from from the beginning i enjoyed it while i did it and i learned a lot and my level of customer service got you know it was it was i had to run a real business it's different when you run a building with products and you got to account for all that employees than when you just offer a service and you don't have to carry inventory so
0: it was another school in a sense though right yeah it was a completely made you made you more dangerous because now you've got a whole other aspect you learn a whole other. Uh, a way of doing business. So you got more tools in your tool bag. Absolutely. Yeah. Right.
2: And I get to see and, and understand some of the pain that a small business owner will have. So now when I sit down with a small business owner and maybe someone that runs a restaurant, it's like, man, I feel your pain. You and get I, it. I, you could
0: be I, empathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so we're, I just want to real quick, how'd you ingest the meat? We got to get that out there for everybody because you guys have been making googly eyes at each other
1: for a while. So, <laughs> so well, we used to kick it out of. Oh, right? yeah.
0: Once we met, we we kicked it
2: for a minute. Like we kicked it, like uh, no, almost I wanna, daily. I want to. I want to know how you met. So you want to sell the story, or
1: no, <laughs> it's your podcast? Okay. Bro.
2: So, so we we met uh, through a, an event that he did at the library, public speaking event. And so I'm like, cool, you know, I've already had dabbled into public speaking with network marketing and all that. I said, I want to I want to go learn from from somebody here locally that's putting this because before then I have never heard anybody in Yuma do something like that. So I was like, I got to go support this, number one. And number two, let's see what I can learn. And it was a very it was very different. I thought it was going to be someone like just talking on stage and you got to stand like this and your voice has to be clear and your posture and all this other technical stuff. But it was almost like he just made us feel comfortable. I remember there was an activity where we just talked to each other and it was just like, everybody was like friends at the end. We all had confidence in, in saying what we wanted to say. And from there I was like, dude, man, like let's stay in contact, you know? And that was the time that I was at Mr. Mango. So it was easy for me because I had, like, my routine was set. It was from from my apartment or the condo where we were at to Mr. Mango. And I had my my routine. And so I would hit up Justin, like, hey, you know, I'm off at this time come through to Mr. Mango, get some, get some, uh, get hooked up, you know, whatever, you know, and then he would make uh, some pasta at the time, and I would buy it, like, anytime he would make it, I'm like, whenever you make it, bro, like, these pasta plates, oh, man, that was bomb, like, I still, I'm like, whenever I go to, even Olive Garden or something, I'm like, still not as good as Justin and his (laughs) uncle's pasta, man.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think what was cool for me is because I had just moved to Yuma, so Mm -hmm. you were like one of my first friends when I moved to town, and then you knew so many people, and so it was kind of like you helped me learn Yuma yeah. a little bit. you know. True. I mean? Yeah, like, he
2: had just gotten to Yuma back then. So it was it was a good time. I think it was a good time for both of us to, to have each other's backs, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: so you went to this because you, you were about the growth. This was another way for you to grow. And public speaking was something that you thought, like, I'm going to need this one day because I oh, yeah. always think you're always thinking ahead. Yep. You're at Mr. Mangos. Obviously, there's no nothing at Mr. Mangos that would suggest. Would, yeah, <laughs> suggest that you need to know how to be up there, you know, telling people how to live their life. But it's like, no, I'm living in the future. I need to go do this. You meet Justin. He hooks up with the bomb pasta. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yep. I'm yep. not responsible for the weight gain, by the way. <laughs>
2: that, <laughs> did that's you why. I,
1: d- of it. <laughs> did, did, did a little bit of get
0: weight gain with the pasta? Yeah,
2: I
1: got. Not I not gained weight with the I'm pasta. I'm not gonna
0: lie, yeah, because <laughs> man, that stuff was good. Yeah. So okay, so that's how you you guys cross paths, mm-hmm. and then end up being pretty cool. And did you learn any more from him? past that
2: uh yeah he actually did a portrait of my wife see now i'm gonna go into my wife's story a little bit see this whole time i've been dating my wife i my wife and i this may has been 13 years since we started dating oh, so okay. i the day i turned 21 i asked her out so this is when i'm doing really good i'm feeling good about myself and i met her through a mutual friend down in mexico so i'm driving down to mexico making money i, I meet this girl from mexico i'm like we're gonna get get married soon i'm gonna take you to the states and you're gonna have the best life you can ever imagine right i'm already in that fairy tale mode but this was right before we we hit like rock bottom so five years later this when we actually get married it took us five years to get married because i wasn't ready because i wanted to have the the house with the picket fence and the dog and and the nice car before we got married and so i i almost had that ready and then things flopped and then i had to start from zero again and living at my parents house and i'm dating her this whole time right and so when she when she gets ready to graduate from the university as a teacher as a gift i go to my boy justin i say hey man can you draw something nice okay well hold on hold
1: on on. (laughs) because so because i had just started an art apprenticeship right like the public speaking thing was like a whole chapter of my world and when i did it here it was just to meet people right right i was like i don't know what to do so let me just do this class at the library but i had just started my my art apprenticeship right so i was not very good yet like and he threw me a bone to like do this portrait and it was all right it was good it it was was good good. it was good but i just you know what i mean like i I have to show love because it was like at the beginning of my it's in my mother-in-law's
2: uh hallway at and their since house.
1: then i've sold like big paintings and <laughs> right, stuff but right. it was like right at the beginning that was like right at the beginning
2: up. i don't know it might have been one of your first paid i think yeah
1: it was one of my first paid gigs yeah yeah oh cool So you help. i
2: always support you know anybody that's like artistic you know whether yeah. it's through music or through art because you just never you never know you can't just assume like they're gonna figure it out like help them out, man. Like they're trying, especially if it's, there's certain people, you know, especially in music is a little different. Like they're just kind of throwing things out there to see what hits. Um, but if somebody's really about their art form, I'm like, I dig it, dude. I'll support it at whatever level
0: I can support it. Gotcha. So, um, you guys have a little bit of bond, so he helped you on that way. So you Mm want to get a gift. You're thinking about your lady. You're like, I know this artist.
2: Yeah, I didn't just want to give her something like anything else. I could just buy from the store, or whatever, right? Because that's a one of a kind,
0: you know. Yeah. So, so, so you got your boy that knows pasta, but also knows a little bit about some art. Yeah. Right. And then so. Well, because yeah. I
2: went to their house and his uncle, it's got a whole gallery. I was like, "Damn, yeah, dude, I can't sense. afford your
0: uncle yet." But what about you? Yep. <laughs> yeah. See,
2: I like this guy yet,
0: mm-hmm. right? He's still thinking about the future. I yet, still want to buy something from his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> So Top do dollar. I <laughs> Yeah
1: I'm sure It's Top good dollar. stuff man I can't
0: wait to get your uncle on the show man That's going to be something else Yeah he's an amazing dude Yeah that's going to be something else That's going to be the future though That's going to be like when I end the show Let's drop the mic or something S-
2: Since we're on uh, talking about his uncle I remember being outside and, and of their house I think Justin will remember Maybe he was out there as well Cause I was always running around right Even back then man I was always like in a hurry I would pop in Pop out mm. Got this and That going on And so One day he's like He's just so calm right He's always so calm it just, Yeah He sat down in front of the house It was The weather was nice It was maybe October Around Probably maybe around this time, this time. Yeah. And the weather was nice So we can just chill outside You know You know Super cool day He's like what do you like really want? What do you, what, what is happiness for you? Are you really fulfilled? He started asking me questions, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like if I I want to, I want to make it big, man, I'm I'm hustling. I'm getting it. Like, you know, you gotta, you, money's not going to come to you. You got to go get it. And all this kind of concepts that, that a hustler mentality would suggest. Right. And he suggested something different to me, um, that day, which at first it was kind of like over my head. He's like, think about a fountain. And I'm like, okay, what about a fountain? Just, you know, it's got water and stuff. People throw pennies at it. It's like, like can a fountain go anywhere? Like, no. It's like, it's permanently stuck in that position, right? But people come to it. And you're the opposite right now. You're trying to go get everybody it's like, just think about that for a second. Be more of a fountain and attract people more than you have to go chase them down.
0: How'd that hit you that day?
2: That hit me like, well, at first I was like, like I said, it went over my head. I'm just like, okay, I'm trying to get like the, you know, because he's so artistic and like so deep. I'm like, what, there's, what, I got to get this whole message, right? But it was a simple message. It's like, dude, slow down, you know, find peace with yourself understand you first be be at ease with yourself know what you really want and people you're going to attract people yourself that way you don't have to always be chasing everybody around running here running there determine what your happiness is and you'll you'll find yourself you're you're going to be grounded and i see the way he lives his life and his he he lives by that. Like he doesn't go anywhere. It's a it's nobody. a trip, huh? When does he go out and hustle? And I have to go find this guy. people
0: go to him. Yeah. N- no anxiety. No, There's not ne- at all. Ne- never Just an anxiety. No cool, matter, like man. Yeah, no matter what he goes through. So so you've heard that that lesson. But where are you at now? Where, where you know you're doing this Yuma Entrepreneur Show, right? You're no longer doing the prepaid. You're no longer Mr. Mangos. I know you do solar, mm-hmm. right? But um, th- what. I'll be honest, one of the the reasons why I wanted to do the show with you is that the past um few times we had encounters, you haven't tried to sell me solar. Yeah. And and, and that makes me feel safe with you. Seriously. <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes me feel good. It's like it's like, oh, okay. Cause every time I ran into you in the past, it was like, Yeah, hey, I got this deal, man. Hey, I got I, this. I like, learned
2: from his uncle. I stopped being I started being more of like a fountain. You know what I mean? I don't I get clients, people would look for me. I don't. I don't have to chase
0: clients. I don't have
2: to chase recruits. People ask to join my team. So, know, so, so that <laughs> that
0: conversation that was like so many years ago took root. Oh yeah, it found that, a spot. That's in one of my top ten in my journal. That I, I've
2: shared that story with other people, and it's the first time like we're talking about this with like Justin reflecting on it. But I've shared that story with other people
0: before. So, so that well then that's what I saw because th- Thursday, you know, I, I, we were chatting a- at your event, and I'm like man, something's different about Caesar. You know, it's like this has been like the third or fourth time. And like I saw you in a park when I just went to go walk at a park and kind of get my mind right. Right. And you were out there with with your with your coach mentality and you're like yeah. huddled in and you got all your guys around you. But then still, you didn't try to sell me anything. Yeah. I, I want
2: to give value, man. I want to give value. And from whatever value people can receive from me, if there's any uh, interest in purchasing my services my products great if not it doesn't matter I'm, I'm just here to give value whatever value i can and from there if we can uh strengthen our relationship because that's really what it comes down to uh relationships is the modern day uh you know income if you have strong relationships you can get further in life than just having I, i've learned that having a little bit of money uh, can be here today, gone tomorrow. But having strong you've relationships. you've literally learned that. Yeah, yeah, for like sure. Literally, it's not just you know a, a cute saying. Like I've seen that, and I've been on both sides. I've from having quite a bit for who I was and what I was at the time to not having anything at all to being in a position where now I can help. You know, my family. I can help other individuals start their own business. I've helped other people start their own thing. Uh, and it had nothing to do with what I was good at. Like I have a, a younger guy right now, like killing it on the e-commerce game. And I don't really understand too much about it. I, I get the concept, but I invested into him and to that to help him going. And so now he doesn't need to go get a job. He's running that and he's getting better, you know. And if at one point there's something that comes out of it and, and I get to benefit off of it, great. And if all it did was help him get on his way, then I'm happy with that as well. You
0: know, so. so you went from this dude running on a field to running, chasing after people to, to get them to sign up to something. Now you're more of a fountain.
2: Yeah, man. At least that's the goal. It, and I tried to uh, be that more uh, day by day. And it's funny that, you know, like all these years later, we we're talking about it because that, that conversation stuck with me. man.
0: Yeah. So and, and I think I think everything happens for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason sure. why um, all of us are back in each other's lives. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it's, I believe everything is energy. And so we're kind of vibrating on that same, if you're you Bob Proctor, oh, you know, Bob, you know what I mean? You hip to Bob Proctor?
2: No, uh, no, no. no? I'm oh, not, okay. i the,
0: the secret, stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just,
2: the oh. uh, name didn't ring a bell right away, but okay. yeah, yeah. So like the I, secret I, and the law of attraction. Law of sure. attraction. Yeah. I, I
0: think, you know, once you start to vibe on that same level. Like you start to attract people back into your lives and that, 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 uh, that energy starts to like, okay, this is what you need now. Yeah.
2: And good people got to stick with good people, man. And, and people that have, uh, on like, don't, don't have an agenda just to serve their needs, but a way that really is to, to give value to others. Right. And, and I think you guys are doing a great job of thinking outside the box, doing things that the average person in Yuma is not doing their, they, they'd rather sit there and complain on how the, we don't have this. We don't have that. You guys are creators. You create something out of nothing, man. you know,
0: I appreciate, appreciate those kind words. So like, yeah, like, so Thursday you had your event and I, I was thinking like, okay, I got to get them on the show. I was yeah. looking for somebody. I actually kind of wrote in my journal that day, like, cause the person I wanted to get, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so and we're having this conversation. And then you hit, you said something that struck me. You said when you were a kid, you had a fear that you were going to spend the rest of your life possibly doing a job that you didn't like. Yeah. That was like a legit fear. And you're like, I don't want to do that. And then your wife came up with her new haircut and her pretty dress. And she was just glowing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this dude made that happen. Yeah. And then you took a picture of her and her home girl and they were smiling, glowing at your event. And it was just like, that's a beautiful thing right there.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was, it, and it was a beautiful moment for me because from where we, Uh, came from just a few years back you know because it hasn't been that long ago where my wife well my oldest is going to be seven Uh, just a few months before she was born we got ourselves in a situation where we literally had no money so this is uh, seven years ago right so seven years ago we're in a situation we have no money we're renting a house in mexico because she's she's from mexico so i I went to go when we really disconnected was when i moved out to mexico mm-hmm. for two years right and then when i came back i was already married with my family so it was it was a whole different situation where justin and caesar would kick it and the, and working at mr mango's yeah, and, and then life just kind of took and us then and life then. just took us to a whole nother uh you know direction and i got married and my um trying to support my my wife and she's got a teacher salary in mexico which was like 600 bucks a month i'm just crossing the border uh and got the easiest job available to me which was at the act call center as a supervisor because hey uh i'd rather just walk across and get the job right here and and while my wife situation gets taken care of so i spent two years down there and I ended up quitting that job, or actually got I got let go after a while. But I had quit mentally a long time ago, <laughs> so I'm just like I'm waiting to get let go, basically, right? And I'm just being real with it because that's exactly how it went down. And uh, because I already had other plans, again, I'm just waiting for my wife so we can we can come out here. But it, it took longer than expected. I was expecting a year it took two years, so. The money really got dry and it was like, man, we got to figure it out. But I, I said it and I've said it to her and I've said it before in front of people. I have not had a bad day since I met my wife. And that was 13 years ago. I have not had a bad day because no matter what, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out and we're good to go. So, you know, it was it was to, to go through that and. And be where we're at, say Thursday, and be in that moment. Yeah, it it was pretty special, man.
0: Yeah, and I was I was just looking from the corner, being able to witness this moment of her, cause like you're like, hey, this is my wife, and I was like, well, I met her, and it's like, yeah, she looks different, she get hair, you know, yeah. she the new dress, and she's just glowing. It's like, man, my boy made this happen, and she's happy to be a part of what he's doing, yeah. what he's producing here in Yuma, Arizona. And she's
2: there every time. My my daughters are there every time because you know I decided a long time ago that uh no matter what business i built my
0: family's gonna be part of it yeah you know? so that's that's great man so let's let's uh, you know fast forward right now what you're doing this yuma entrepreneur show you've got a big event coming up let's go ahead and plug that event what you got going on
2: so the first event is going to be at uh, well, both events, actually, at the at Legacies uh, right across the street. Yeah, right downtown. across the street
0: from the Littlewood Co-op right over here. The Legacy, shout out, 310 Media, Legacy, Luigi. Absolutely, they do everything. <laughs> so we're going to have a Christmas party uh, December 10th. Okay. And we're going to
2: – this is like literally within the last 24 hours we figured all this out. So we're going to be rolling out the social media and, and uh, promoting it and all that. But uh, it's going to be uh, basically like a, a client appreciation day. So any of our clients, uh, the Yes team consists of AT from Max Force, and Ada and Edward from Bancorp, and myself. And I have you know the solar team and, and solar clients. So we're going to invite clients to have a Christmas dinner. We're going to have gifts for them. And we're also going to do like a, a fundraiser. And But we're, we're, we're going to ask people to donate clothes if you can donate some new clothes, great. If you want to donate clothes that you don't longer use, and we're gonna give those to a charity, you know. To, I know I have at least a, a a bag full of clothes that I can donate. And so, leading up to it, we're gonna have some stations, you know, in their office or different places throughout town but then on the 10th that's where like the drive we're gonna put everything together They're like i ain't gonna lose
1: the pounds bro just donate the clothes all
2: <laughs> 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 right i'm not gonna get back into it no, yeah it's mean. not it's not <laughs> happening no, bro, we're not going below 36 <laughs>
1: okay so <yeah. laughs> it'll get to
2: a point where like your bones are at 36 like <laughs> even if you get skinnier than that Right, uh,
0: uh, so then that's one event, but what's a big event? Come on. You're, you're teasing me right now.
2: Okay. So that, that's the December event. And then coming March 20, so let me make sure, let me double check the, the date. Cause we were, we're still, uh, I believe it's the 27th, but let me just confirm. Uh, it's going to be March 20, uh, yeah. 27th and 28th. It's going to be a two day event. Okay. And what we're looking to do is have a a lineup of speakers. We want to bring this uh, lineup of people who specialize in branding, people who specialize in social media marketing, and people who are health and fitness coaches. And so from all these different areas and spend two days down here in Yuma, Arizona. And uh, People are coming from San Diego, from the East Coast, different speakers from different places. Uh, Some of them charge... Ten thousand dollars a coaching session. Like, I mean, we're we're not just bringing people that are. Want lit. me to
0: get you a session, Justin? <laughs> Dude, I got you, man.
2: Dang, I, it'd be worth it. <laughs> it'd be worth it. I tell you, man. These some of these guys, uh, like for example, Nicholas Barely. Uh, he's uh, the CEO of uh, the Billion Dollar Body. He's been featured in Forbes and uh, Millionaires Under Thirty. All that. And he's only twenty seven and you know, making seven figures. Right. So. He's out in Temecula, California. So that's
0: one of the names that you're getting down.
2: That's one. And then his wife's going to be in the women's uh, panel to talk about how, you know, how to work as a couple when, when you guys are entrepreneurs, because it's not easy, right? Everybody sees the Instagram stories and somebody got to buy a nice car and their business is booming. But what are the sacrifices that come with that? Mm -hmm. Right. So she's going to give a little bit perspective about, you know, being a power couple and, 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 from a female perspective right uh we have a super bowl champion david uh wyman uh, or excuse me devin wyman uh he actually protected tom brady's blindside as a tackle and he's a super bowl champ
0: nice
2: and uh he does a lot of charitable events he goes to schools and talks about uh like suicide prevention and anti-bullying and and people like kids especially just love them afterwards even like the the craziest kids the biggest bullies will like hug them and like tell them like hey man your your speech really impacted me so again supporting guys that are doing great things out not just you know here locally that because he's coming in march but he's doing this all over the country
0: Gotcha. So you're going to get all these people together, get them in a building, two day event. Mm-hmm. How do people get tickets? So we're we're
2: going to have uh, the link available here. Uh, I want to say Monday coming up next week. Because uh, we want to, it's going to be like a funnel, right? And we're going to be okay. sharing it.
0: So this will air in a, in a few weeks. So we'll, we'll put the link up on, it'll already be live by the time yeah. this, this comes out. So right. So we'll put the link up on the, on the page. So people will be able to just scroll down and click uh, and be on the website. And everywhere they can hear this podcast, you'll be able to get some tickets. Absolutely. So cool. Cool, cool, right yeah, it's, on. It's
2: going to be good, man. I think uh, Yuma is going to get something they, they've they never got before. Because I know there's been events where, especially like real estate, and there's like real estate gurus that come down and give. But this is just for any entrepreneur, not just real estate, not just you know the real estate industry. It's for anybody that, that wants to start a business. Even if you're not currently in business, but you have some ideas or if you have some inspirations of perhaps owning your business uh, You know, someday, That's an event you definitely want to go to.
0: And so, and again, this isn't something you have to do. This is part of your giving back.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we enjoy doing this. I've learned so much from going to events. I've learned so much from the people that are coming down that it's like, man, people in Yuma need to hear this stuff, man. Cause I want our town to keep growing, to be a solid uh, economy, to have uh, people that are job creators, not just job seekers. Cause that's the biggest thing to if you have people that can create opportunities it changes the game for your area you're not just having a you know 90% job force and 10% entrepreneurs you know we we want to tip the scales and have more entrepreneurship even if you have a full-time job a full-time career maybe you're a, a nurse a doctor whatever you know you don't you make good money you feel like you don't need to start your own business but why why not you know with today's technology like you can do everything off your phone, like you, you know, got options. You got options. So some of these guys are going to teach some of those skills in in ways that you know people can leverage technology
0: uh, to provide a second stream of income. You know? Gotcha. So I, before I uh, end with the question, I always end with um, I just want to pick your brain. You read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: A lot so, more podcasts lately, though, just because they. They do a lot of reading for us, and then they just share what they've learned, right? Same
0: boat, man. Same boat. But uh, just an entrepreneur, somebody looking to come up, what's the one book you would recommend?
2: So I would say, like, the first book that would, like, change your your paradigm is uh, The Dream Giver. The Dream Giver. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the author, man. I'm bad at so at that sometimes. If it's not like Napoleon Hill or one can, of those guys, uh, can Justin can, can you Bruce, look at it? Bruce y- Wilkinson? Yes, Bruce Wilkinson. That's that's it.
0: The Dream Giver. Great okay. Book. What's yeah. it
2: about? So it's it's like breaking out of your shell, coming out of your comfort zone. It's uh, ordinary is the name of the the main character, and he becomes extraordinary. So he starts at ordinary at an ordinary house watching ordinary TV with ordinary parents in an ordinary neighborhood in the ordinary city with ordinary expectations. And he has to go through that and become extraordinary so they take you through a whole journey of what it's like to go in from ordinary to extraordinary. And somewhere in between there's the land of the giants where you are trying to grow and you're confined to a level where like, man, all these guys look at my competition. This company is this, this company is that they've achieved that. So they look like giants to you. Right. And and he through that chapter, he battles the giants. He gets through it. He, you know, he gets, goes through the desert and till he finally gets to the level where he he's extraordinary. So it's it's a great book to and that to
0: book. How kind of flip the way you look at things?
2: Well, I was already like getting um, good mentorship from other great people that i would that i was following in real life not necessarily you know going to events and and not missing our company events and and hearing them speak and one of those gentlemen uh referred that book at one of these events so my mind was already like heading down that direction and then when i read the book was like dude this is, this is definitely what I'm pursuing. Yeah.
0: To me, it kind of reminds me of the alchemist in in, in my mind. That's a book that kind of did that for me. Nice. And that that same, you familiar with alchemist? I'm
2: familiar. I never read it, but I'm familiar with that book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Another great book, like an allegory of, of how to grow and the spiritual journey. Nice. Nice. uh,
2: Think and grow rich. uh, That was, if I have to name, my top three, then I would say think and grow rich will be in there and uh, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, those are some great books. That made me a different person. Uh, Think and Grow Rich was good because it's like the mentality, you know, the burning desire and all that.
0: And you do the mastermind clubs, right? Yeah. That's a a part of Napoleon Hill. What was something that he created? I think it was his book right before that, but mastermind clubs. So, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah. So it's all part of what the different topics of Think and Grow Rich, but. Um, how to win friends and influence people that probably Dale Carnegie. Yeah. That one there like really, dude, it's not about you. It's about other people and nobody cares about what you have to say until they know you care. And you know, just the way you communicate with people really, uh, that, that book's like for sure. Top, top three.
0: I think it's a horrible title. i I stayed away from that book for so long because it (laughs) sounded so cheesy you know and then uh finally i I dive into it and it's like this book is great (laughs) absolutely what do you do why do you call it this you know it's (laughs) like that that sounds cheesy but it was like oh so much wealth in that book right you can mine that for days and days yeah and the secret was another game changer as well
2: yeah oh cool cool so you you are okay yeah just the uh, like i said sometimes the the title stick but the author's not so much yeah so
0: he's just so. he's just um um in the, uh, in the video movie. yeah he's yeah. in the video that's one of the biggest guys in the video that is that, that the guy that had the he's the older guy with the the white hair oh yeah 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 it's that talks in the beginning right.
2: that guy yeah. that had the um vision board man that was a crazy that story that's is a great that, story
0: yeah, yeah. so that, that's what i remember the most about that wow. video. Um, one of the sessions that i had with uh justin's uncle Um, He kind of told me some stuff from The Secret. How about you do this? And then later on, like a year later, I ended up watching The Secret. It's like, oh, that's where he got it from. That's cool. But it worked. Yeah, it's amazing, right? When you really start, because I think
2: uh, there's a certain level of uh, intuition that you have even before you're really aware of The Secret or you actually come across that information. But once you come across that information, whether it was through the book, through somebody explaining it to you or, or watching the video, it's almost like confirmation of what your intuition has always told you. But we have it's, we don't trust ourselves that it's much Been with
0: you the whole time. Exactly. It's, it's been with you the whole entire time. day one. Mm-hmm. If you would just pause, sit and listen. Absolutely. Yeah. OK, so I'm going to wrap it up with what I wrap it up with. Where do you see yourself? Where are you trying to go? So my
2: my biggest ambition now is to really be a a Hispanic leader. I think uh, we put, or or we don't necessarily do it, but other sources around us put our our culture into a box like, oh, you're Hispanic, you must be good at this, you must do that, or can you cut my grass, (laughs) right, right. if we're being real, right? right? And so I really want to break that that, uh, stigma of like, where are the guys with the sombrero laying next to the cactus, right? Mm-hmm. I want to I really um, inspire other Hispanic individuals and, and anybody in general, right? But it's like, I think it's important to reach back to your own culture, right? Because if you want to uh, impact the world, you got to start with your family, you got to start with your culture and then expand that way where there's no, there's no bias. Like I want to help anybody a- anywhere, but th- I, there's a certain responsibility. I feel that you got to look back to like the cities you grew up in the neighborhoods you grew up in and see how those kids are doing and say, Hey, what's going on in these communities and who are the Hispanic people rising here?
0: Hey, I dig it, man. I think uh, a tribal living is the way we were supposed to live. Yeah. Take care of your own. Right. That's, there's ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I think that's a beautiful thing that that's, and that's how we were supposed to live. It's like, Oh no, I got to help these people come up. Right.
2: Well, I, I feel that there's a lot of other uh, leaders, great leaders that are already supporting in other areas. Right. So it's like where it's the where can I find a void, you know, and, and obviously I feel that in the and, and I think there's great leaders already in the Hispanic community that are pushing. But, there you know, there's only so many for there's way, way more people out there that that need that help, that uh, financial literacy, they need, uh you know, good books recommended to them, podcast information that it's not just, hey, go to school, go get a job or go do what your dad did. or You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities out there and sometimes you're just one contact away. So if I can provide somebody that's got a specific talent and connect them with someone that can pro- provide them opportunity, even if it's indirectly, like I'm going to feel good about that situation because, you know, I feel that, you know, I had something to do with, with that collaboration and whatever came out from
0: that. So your so. where is is leadership.
2: Yeah, man, that's what motivates me. Uh, Cuz again, it's like when you lead, there's a mission. And when you accomplish that mission, you win as a team, right? If if it's just individual like individual awards are are pretty boring. Like it's like cool, congrats. You did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Set. And you uh, want
0: somebody to celebrate with. Yeah. And and, you want to hold everybody come up. Let's celebrate. Let's go have that pool party at my new (laughs) mansion or whatever. and, and, And
2: finances are part of like the celebration, you know, being in a position where you can, you can afford to have people come over and show them a good time and or or invite them like you know we're planning over the holidays to invite people to our beach house and in baja like Mm -hmm. if i didn't have the means to be able to accomplish that i wouldn't be able to invite people and show them a good time right and so if, if it inspires people to say man i want this for myself too now it's like you know you're you're inspiring others and living your dream at the same time Right. You hear that,
0: Justin? We're going to beach house in Baja. Let's do
2: it, man. Yeah. We, we can we can uh, plan a weekend, a three day weekend, and uh, you guys let me know.
0: We'll we'll make it happen. That's a beautiful thing, man. And uh, so you we'll just I'm gonna end it. With one other question: You think you ever be that fountain? I'm working. I'm working for
2: that. You know, uh, there's a lot of hustle in me left. I think that you know it's hard to stay put. But my wife and my kids they help me. Uh, become that fountain you know because they ground you yeah for sure my wife man she's a fountain she doesn't chase nobody she's not impressed by anything like she's just she's just living life you know we all put in our uh, pants one leg at a time you know we she never gets too high or too low when things are really good she doesn't get on her high horse and when things get a little tough she doesn't get depressed like she's always like hey we gotta figure it out you know so um, I, I wanna be more like her, let's say that.
1: <laughs> well, and and just to sit not to put you on the spot, but like we haven't kicked it in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. and and the the last like when I first saw you, this last go around, mm-hmm. I could tell it wasn't like kind of what he was saying, it wasn't like the sale, you know, like obviously this thing. I think a lot of salesmen are like the shark, you know, and Yeah, you
2: know. and it's funny because I, I created a brand called Sell Shark, right? But my whole concept is that I want to change the way salespeople look at sales and I want to change what other people's opinion of sales because it's like that used car salesman, no disrespect to any used car salesman, but, you know, like the ones you see on TV and they're so pushy and they'll say whatever just to convince you. Uh, I I think that's the old school salesperson. If somebody still thinks they got to yap and yap away uh, to get a deal done, uh, sales is more. you get paid in sales not for the information you give you get paid for the information you get and if you write ask the right questions you don't even have to pitch it people will be interested in what you do and tell you things like hey i know you do solar and uh, i'm not ready to go solar yet but if i do you're my guy and i'm like i'll be right here and guess what a year later months later well, you know how we mentioned that, that we were kind of interested in well, my wife and I were talking and now, you know, we want to go solar. And it's like, cool, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I'll close you, but I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to be that pushy guy that's going to, you know, wait outside your house until you come home from work. And I, I know guys like that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so that's not my style. That's not our team style. And uh, last time I checked, we're doing pretty, pretty good. So,
0: so I felt it. Justin felt it. You know, and I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I'm I'm eager to see you as that leader in your community and also be that fountain at the same time. And then where people flock around you to come and find a peace and find appreciate something it, refreshing. You know what I mean? Thank you. And and I think you're on that journey, man. So um thank you again. Thank you, Justin, for helping out on this show. This was cool to get you this guys. This was
2: fun, guys. Like Yeah, thanks for having you me. guys are awesome, man. I love what you guys are doing. I'll follow anything you do, any events. Whatever I can do to help and my team support, you know, let me know.
0: Um, All right, man. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe if you listen on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating and a review. That helps us get up the top of the chain and more and more people can listen to us. Thank you to my man Luis over here, 310 Media. You can also visit them, The Legacy. They got a venue right across the street from us over here at the Littlewood Co-op. They do a lot of things. Take... Perfect pictures for your quinceanera, your wedding, and all that good stuff. And uh, thank you guys again. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate the Littlewood Co-op. And, hey, God bless.